Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. What's so funny? (laughs) Why Friday Follies, of course right here on the Mutual Audio Network. (laughs) The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Strong themes and coarse language may apply. The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. Strong themes and coarse language may apply. The Comedy Forecast Network. Let's dog-ear this for now. This is the 7th Annual Comedy Forecast April Podcast Today Spectacular, brought to you by the Comedy Forecast patrons on Patreon.com. Consider joining Stan, Zach, Charlotte, and the other patrons who support the show for as little as a dollar a month. This year's original 30-chapter story is called The Slow Down. To hear it from the beginning, just go to ComedyForecast.com slash 2021. Now, here's Chapter 4, An Imprudent Appointment. Previously in our story, Middling Fair has been gripped by the fear of another April catastrophe. That fear seemed to be made manifest when Cap, the beloved elderly bell captain at the Venus Arms Hotel and Towers, was trampled by a flock of sheep. But that was not the worst of it. General Calamity then threatened to close off access to the tunnels under Chasm Valley. As a result... Cindy, who now holds the deed to those tunnels, appears to have gone into the underground passages. Alone. General Calamity now blusters that he will immediately mount what he calls a rescue mission. Abby Fallmacher and other prominent members of the Middling Fair community are standing in the lobby of the Venus Arms Hotel and Towers, discussing this turn of events. What was I saying about April being quiet? How could it get any louder? Danny Hillcrest here. (laughs) Irony, thy name is Danny. Boy. And look who I brought with me. Cap. Oops, I left him outside. Hold on. Danny exits via the revolving door, only then to attempt to bring in Cap, who is seated in a wheelchair via the same spinning entryway. Sorry, what what if I try it sideways? Hillcrest, can this thing pop a wheelie? Hillcrest, go through the regular door. But doesn't that let out the conditionally air-conditioned air? And it's as hot as a new Beyonce album out here. Hillcrest. Okay. Cap, what are you doing here? You should still be in the hospital. Nonsense. You know the old saying. What doesn't kill you 
makes you seven secret herbs and spices. But Cap, being run over by a flock of sheep, you must have lots of internal injuries. Oh, everything is fine. The doctors told me to stay in this wheelchair until I grow back my spleen. And my gallbladder. And my tail. What's going on around here? Cindy has gone missing. We're worried that she's gone into those tunnels under Chasm Valley. And General Calamity is about to take some sort of rolling war machine down there to try to find her. Wow. Just your average April. I don't think uh, that we can trust Calamity. He's probably more concerned with securing those tunnels than he is with finding Cindy. There's not much we can do about that. Basically, there is. Basically, one of us can basically go with him. Good luck finding a volunteer for that. I'll do it. Cap, you can't even walk. You're in no shape to take a trip like that. A trip like what, nurse? And listen, the next time I get a sponge bath, can someone please bring a squeegee? I'm openly available to go. All right. But I doubt the general's vehicle has any streaming services. I'm out. That leaves Lenny, Mayor Rory, or Derek. And don't forget Wendell Wilkie. Basically, count me out. What? Why, Lenny? We're talking about rescuing Cindy. Basically, yeah. But basically, Cindy talked so much about basically being freaked out about going down into the tunnels... That now, basically, I'm too freaked out to do it. All right. Derek? Sure, if you're willing to accept the fact that that would leave Mayor Rory here unattended. I'll be fine. Uh, fine tip. Marker, you can vroot into the tunnel, brother. I'll get work done on the town budget. Uh, Budgie, uh, rock and robin all night long. No, I think you'd better stay here, Derek. You too, Mayor. That budgie needs to get done. So that only leaves... You! Tag! You're on sale! That's what I get for being a sane person in this town. Basically, I hear you. But I can't. In the old days, I would have left Giles in charge of the hotel. But you let him go after what happened last year. Are you sure that was the best... Somebody would have to run the hotel. And no offense, none of you are remotely capable of doing that. Oh, oh, I am, I am. I followingly shadowed you a while ago, remember? Danny, that was for one day, and you were a total disaster. And disaster builds character. Ask Michael Bay. No, there has to be someone else who can go. Maybe we should rethink sending Cap. <laughs> now you're cooking with spumoni juice. Just point me towards the dog and I'll bring home the Cabbage Patch Kid. Oh, dear. I guess it is down to me. <sighs> All right. Time is short. The general is picking up that tank thing, whatever it is, at five, and it's already two. Thankfully, I actually have a capable staff in charge over at the Little Wicker Basket Company. I'll call them to say that I will be out of town for a day or so. But Danny, as much as it pains me to say this, you're in charge here while I'm gone. Yay! 
This is serious Hillcrest. Fortunately, it's the slow season. For some odd reason, people don't like to visit Midling Fair in April. Uh, High pollen count, no doubt. Now, this is important. I have a detailed instruction book on a shelf behind the front desk. If you have any questions, look in there first. Good, because I already have a question. Yes? Can you tellingly remind me where the instruction book is? On a shelf behind the front desk. Oh, I don't have time. I barely have enough time to make that call. Go home, pack a few essentials, and get over to one pasta place. Why would you want to go there? The place looks like a disaster area. That's where Calamity said his cruller of doom is right now. I have to go. What about me? Where do I go? Cap, you work here. Cap can barely move, and you're going to make him do his regular job? Derek, in case you hadn't noticed, barely moving has been Cap's job for the last 20 years. Had it written into my contract. Then I ate it. A little dry, if you ask me. And I don't want any of you telling people that I'm doing this. If word got out that Hillcrest is in charge of this place, goodness knows what would happen. Danny, do not let anything happen to this hotel. What about if I try to... No. No. Oh. A few hours later, Miss Fallmacher arrives at one pasta place. This desolate site was once the proud home of Middling Fair's nuclear pasta plant. Then, after a series of unfortunate events, some of which involved aliens from space, the plant was replaced by a high-rise apartment building. However, hopes for a bright future for the location were dashed again when the structure, actually part of an evil plot, was destroyed. Now, the address known as One Pasta Place consists of a crumpled foundation and piles of rubble, a visible reminder of April's past in Middling Fair. Can we get on with this, please? Oh, Sorry, I was just giving the listener a bit of background color. I mean, what good is 15-plus years of world-building if you can't take advantage of it? Now, where was I? Me? I'm here at one pasta place. Right. Abby spots a lone figure standing amongst the rubble. She carefully makes her way through the shattered debris and approaches the man. General, I... Oh, you're not General Calamity. No, ma'am. He said he was going to be picking up that evil war machine here. Do you mean Princess? Young man, this is no time for fairy tales. Uh, No, ma'am. That's my name for the crawler. See, it's really a modified 1976 Tierra Mega Coach tandem axle school bus. I figured it needed a proper nickname and, well, Tierra, Princess, get it? It's a schooly thing. I'm sure it is. Where is the general and this princess? Oh, they left about three hours ago. What? Uh Uh-oh. It appears the general has pulled a fast one. What will Miss Fallmacher do? And why is that soldier still standing in the rubble three hours after the general departed? That's easy. My hobby is metal detecting. I wanted to sweep this place before it's been hunted out. Okay, that question has been answered. But for the rest of the answers... 
be sure to listen to Chapter 5, The Last Costermonger. Special thanks to David Wapple and everyone in the Virtual Writers Cafe, and also everyone in the forums at schoolie.net. In this episode, the part of Abby was played by Bonnie Kenderdine. The soldier was played by Craig Stepp from the Technorama podcast, chuckchat.com slash technorama, and the Topic is Trek podcast, thetopicistrek.com. And the narrator was played by Gary J. Chambers, garyjchambersvo.com. Additional voices, as well as story and music, by Clinton Alvord. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved. Hi, my name is Tracy Babian, co-author of the Carlson Chronicles podcast. My husband, J.A. Babian, the main author, had a triple stroke in the latter part of August of this year. Jerry was lifelighted to Tulsa, Oklahoma, with a brain bleed that the doctors thought they were going to have to do surgery on him, which surely would have killed him. Thank the Lord they didn't. He survived that brain bleed and swelling, but he is in need of so much for his recovery. I have started a GoFundMe to help with all the costs that I just don't have. I retired back in April of this year so that I could take care of Jerry, as he was starting to show signs then that I just didn't catch. Little did I know this would be a blessing in disguise. He is fighting this setback of memory loss and 75% use of his right leg, arm, along with his cognitive speech. Considering the doctor said he would not make it, I consider him to be a miracle. Medicare has only granted 12 visits of physical and speech therapy twice a week. He needs at least six months worth of speech therapy alone. That is a total of $4,000 we need to pay up front that I just don't have. So far, we have had $775 in donations of the $10,000 we need come in. Please donate today so that he can get his needed medication, therapy, and also help pay bills that Medicare just will not cover, even if it's only $5. I update this account so folks can see his progress. You can go to my Facebook account, Tracy Babian VO, to find the pinned link with the title Jerry Babian Stroke Victim Needs. Jerry says, thank you. I still have a lot to write on my stories that I want to get done. Please help me to achieve that goal. Thank you in advance for your donation. Tracy Babian.